Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can hear me on radio.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker or on Instagram at Rick underscore Buker. All right. I'm going to approach this uh, episode a little bit different. And for those who are waiting for the various guests that I've had in this spot on the podcast throughout last season, uh, they will be coming up once the season gets cranking and I'm around teams a little bit more. Uh, we will indeed get some people on, uh, efforting to get uh, Derek Rose on in particular. I'm going to be seeing the Detroit Pistons fairly early in the season. So hopefully we will be able to get that done among others. But for this episode, as I said, taking somewhat of a unique approach, normally I'm very deliberate in laying out uh, the the podcast and what I have to say. And I'm working off more of a sketch this time. I'm not completely freewheeling it. I'm not LeBron James answering the China question, just going off the top of my head, or at least it seemed that's what he was doing. It's a little more nuanced than that. Uh, There's more forethought going into it than that. Uh, And I want to start with a couple of items that I saw out there. And one of the reasons why uh, the podcast is a day or two late coming out is simply because of what was going on with LeBron and it felt like moving targets out there. Now that that's dissipated and there's been enough conversation about it, look, it's something we're going to continue to talk about what's going to come up through the course of this season. And we'll talk about it a little bit here. But I wanted to go to something raised by a fellow Dartmouth alum, uh, now with ESPN, Zach Lowe. He picked his top 15 teams for uh, NBA League Pass. I don't know whether he has a, a deal with them but or why it had to be connected to League Pass. Nonetheless, he picked the top 15 teams that you should make time to watch. And uh, then my colleague at FS1, Colin Cowherd, uh, looked at that list and boiled it down to five. And... It got me to thinking on a couple of fronts. Number one, 15's a lot. If you're going to do 15, honestly, 
I get where Zach's coming from. He's a bit of a, a hoop head. And I think in some ways, like me, can find something interesting in almost every situation when it comes to the NBA and teams. But to that, to that end, if you're going to pick 15, you actually could go through all 30. I mean, and I'm going to do that to, as, a, as a case in point. What I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you the 15 that didn't make his list and why there's a point of interest with all of them. And then I'm going to give you the top five teams that you should be most interested in watching early on, largely because they won't be interesting later, and those that you can kind of slow roll and you can pick up a little bit later because they are going to matter later and they're going to be more interesting as the season evolves. All right, this is in no particular order. And actually, uh, caveat, I didn't find a reason for all 30 or or the 15 that Zach didn't mention. I actually took another 13. There are two teams that I simply can't make a case for, <laughs> for watching. So I will give you those two at the end. And the other 13 are not in any particular order. But here we go. All right, the Memphis Grizzlies didn't make Zach's list. Come on. John Morant. You're not going to tune in to see the the John Morant, Jaron Jackson combination. They they very well may be a candidate for the watch early on list, but nonetheless, that's a nice little nucleus, and I'm really curious to see uh, how John Morant makes the the transition. I think he's going to be an exciting player, one way or another, and how he do- dovetails with Jaron Jackson is certainly worth taking a look. Uh, second, the NBA has become a transactions league. We're far more interested in potential trades and where guys are going to land. And as of right now, the Memphis Grizzlies have a guy on the shelf who is going to wind up, is going to wind up someplace else, and that's Andre Iguodala. And so that may not be a reason to actually watch them play, but it's certainly a reason to keep an eye on the Grizzlies. Second, Brooklyn Nets. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that these guys did not make Zach's list. Maybe it's he's going strictly on quality of play, but Kyrie Irving coming over from the Boston Celtics, uh, DeAndre Jordan being added to the list, just the dynamics of whether the Nets can build off of their chemistry, their unique chemistry that they had last year, uh, whether or whether that was sort of the Orlando Magic team that went 500 and got Doc Rivers a Coach of the Year award. Uh, have they have they already hit their their peak? And is Kyrie going to live down the uh, the image that uh, was created of him as a leader in Boston? Certainly something to watch. Miami Heat, the Jimmy Butler redemption tour on full display. Uh, can he be a, a leader? Can he be a positive influence on that organization in a way that? kind of back and forth when it came to Philadelphia, Minnesota, and at the end, Chicago. Also, Tyler Harrow. Uh, I, I, I loathe to repeat that people are making Clay Thompson comparisons since Clay Thompson wasn't Clay Thompson until his fourth year in the league. And for all that Harrow is demonstrating as a scorer and a perimeter shooter, uh, Clay Thompson's calling card, at least one of them, aside from shooting, is defensively. 
And maybe Tyler Harris is going to be a great defensive player, but I haven't seen enough at that end, certainly for me to compare him to Clay at this point. So let's let's slow our roll on that. Nonetheless, Harrow's looking like an inspired pick and certainly something to keep an eye on with the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference and whether they can take that step forward with the combination of those two guys. Uh, Indiana Pacers did not make Zach's list. I'm curious to see how Team USA, the Team USA experience, is going to impact Miles Turner. I can't wait to see whether Victor Oladipo comes back and what he looks like when he does come back. Uh, maybe more important than anything, I want to know what difference Malcolm Brogdon makes, the addition who came over from Milwaukee. Some questions about his health, but as a playmaker, I believe that he could have a significant impact both on the Pacers and with his absence in Milwaukee. Things to watch, though. Phoenix Suns. Normally wouldn't have them on the list, but we're now seeing Devin Booker with a legitimate point guard for the first time and Ricky Rubio. What is that going to look like? And DeAndre Ayton, uh, who I would say for all the numbers and everything else, a bit of a disappointment last year in Phoenix. Does he take a step up? He was definitely overshadowed by Doncic and Trey Young and all of that. He was the third, fourth guy in the mix, and that's not what he was supposed to be as the number one pick. So it uh, be interesting to see where, where he goes. I don't necessarily have high hopes for this being a dramatic change for the Phoenix Suns with or without Ricky Rubio, but certainly something that I want to keep an eye on. And again, one of those candidates for let's watch them early on. You may get a very good indicator of whether you need to watch them beyond November uh, by watching their first uh, their first 10, 15 games or any games among those first 10, 15 to see what the impact of Ricky Rubio is ultimately going to be. Uh, Orlando Magic, not on the list. I can't wait to see them play because I want to see what happens with Markel Fultz and that jump shot. 0 for 5 as of right now on three-pointers. I'll be honest, haven't seen them in full in the preseason, so I don't know when those five were taken. I don't know what else he's, I think he's shooting well under 40% overall. So hasn't demonstrated that he's ready to take that step forward just yet. But that said, finding out whether Fultz can come anywhere close to what he was expected to be when Philadelphia made him the number one pick will have a huge impact on Orlando. I also want to see Nikola Vucevic and what happens with him having signed the big max contract now. We've seen as many players, probably more players, who are quasi-all-stars, and I think Vucevic is in that category, beneficiary of what the Orlando Magic were last year, in much way that D'Angelo Russell was with the Nets. The collective success of the team made them worthy of an all-star, and so that the guy was a legitimate, the guy who stirred the drink, the guy that was the reason that they were doing what they were doing. I wouldn't go that far with either D'Angelo or Vucevic, but they got paid, and now they have to deliver on that money. And we've seen guys that try hard to deliver on the money and as a result get out of their comfort zone, get out of what made them 
worthy of that money or presumably worthy of that money in the first place. And it goes a little sideways. I want to see how Vucevic handles it. Yet one more reason to watch the Orlando Magic. The Washington Wizards. Okay, now we're scraping a little bit. I don't know that I want to watch the Washington Wizards, but I do want to keep tabs on what happens with Bradley Beal. One of my listeners, Twitter followers, asked the question, would he be better off with Denver or Brooklyn? Who would benefit more from getting him? And a couple of trade uh, pieces were were thrown out there. Karis LeVert being part of the package from Brooklyn. And I'm trying to think who it was from Denver. But it wasn't Jamal Murray or, or Nikola Jokic, uh, obviously. In any event, I it's a great question because long-term, I don't know that Bradley Beal would make a difference for the Nets this season. Obviously, you add him, you think, okay, now you're a playoff team. I think they're on the cusp, you know, possibly in or out, competing with teams like the Chicago Bulls and Detroit Pistons for one of those last playoff spots in the Eastern Conference. I still put Brooklyn in, in the same category, essentially, that they were last year. But uh, long-term, uh, having a combination of Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and KD, assuming KD comes back healthy, that could be quite the force in the Eastern Conference. Immediately, if we're talking about this year, a trade that would change things this year, I think Bradley Beal is exactly what the Denver Nuggets need. Uh, I'm impressed with Jamal Murray. I don't know that he's quite good enough to get you over the hump and get you to the finals. He just, Ryan Hollins, another member of the, the pod group here, we often talk about needing that freak that athletic freak who can get you a shot, can get you a bucket. I don't think it's any accident that Jamal Murray has not shot well in some of the big situations in the big playoff games. Uh, Not fault of his, just physically he's got to extend himself in a way that uh, is going to lower his success rate. Bradley Beal's just a little bigger, a little quicker, a little better shooter from the perimeter. And so I think he could make a big difference with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Nonetheless, how the Wizards, what the Wizards decide to do with him, not worth watching on TV, but certainly worth watching. Uh, The Detroit Pistons. Uh, I know they're the team that people like to forget, or at least it seems that way. But I just think about Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin as a combo. A healthy Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin as a combo. And I know that the possibility, the likelihood that those two will be healthy all year long, certainly on recent history, is not a good bet. But again, we're talking about in the East. I like what Blake Griffin brought there. I like the redemption tour that, in its own way, that Derek Rose is on. Uh, it's the kind of place that uh, fits Both of those guys fit sort of the DNA of the Detroit Pistons. And then you have the whole Joe Johnson big three uh, sideshow. I I don't know what he, if anything, he's going to be able to contribute. But again, one of those early on candidates to see if Joe Johnson can contribute anything. And then 
can Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin ultimately stay healthy? San Antonio Spurs, not on the list. Uh, Derek White, Lonnie Walker coming back from, uh, from injury. Uh, DeJounte Murray uh, coming back from injury. We've seen what Pop can do. And I, I just I think they have a nice blend of veterans and LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan and some of the young guys. I'm very intrigued. I just have people in the league saying San Antonio is going to be a lot better than people are thinking they're going to be. And I tend to look at them while I've stuck a fork in them when it comes to winning championships and did that a while ago. I, I look at what pops able to fashion from these guys and uh, just was really impressed with Derek white and what I saw from him with uh, team USA over the summer. So uh, again, believe they're going to be a playoff team. We'll get a sense uh, early on just what their capabilities are. The Toronto Raptors, not on the list. Come on. You don't want to find out how much Kawhi Leonard was responsible for what they did. And considering how good they were uh, when they didn't necessarily play Kawhi Leonard or when he didn't play heavy minutes, what they were like when he was off the floor. You don't want to see what Pascal Siakam does. Can he build on what he was last year? Fred Van Vliet. I just... I think they're a very intriguing team in the East, and I believe that they're going to be much more of a force than people ultimately are giving them credit for. New York Knicks. I know. Everybody loves to bag on the New York Knicks. My Bleacher Report colleague, Howard Beck, just takes the greatest delight. And look, Jim Dolan, I can't defend what he's done. But Steve Mills, Scott Perry... David Fisdale, those are good basketball people. I, to, to continue to blast the Knicks for past mistakes or to suggest that they're pivot away from KD and Kyrie uh, after KD got injured and all that happened with Kyrie, I'm sorry. I just, I can't do it. They could have thrown a bunch of money at lesser players and won the press conference. And they chose not to do that. They took the prudent approach, which is so unlike the New York Knicks. And I applaud them for that. And I just, finding out what R.J. Barrett can be, finding out whether Mitchell Robinson can take another step forward, finding out if all the talk about Julius Randle is for real, finding out if Marcus Morris can be for the Knicks what Jarrett Jack and Carl Landry were for the Golden State Warriors when they tried to change that culture, I, I, I want to see it. And I believe that they are going to be a tough, competitive team. And yes, that for me is going to be worth watching. If for nothing else than to see <laughs> the battles of Marcus Morris with the, uh, the officials and everybody else, as he, both he and Julius Randle try to change the, uh, the culture and the perspective uh, when it comes to the Knicks. The Atlanta Hawks, what, we're not going to pay attention to Vince Carter's last season? We're, we're going to pass on that? Apparently, Zach is. You don't want to find out what Cam Reddish, if he indeed was the, uh, the, the, the hidden gem in this draft. You don't want to see if Trey Young can build on that 35-10 and 10 finish from last year. I know I do. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold, but I believe that they have 
a considerable amount of talent. And I want to see if, if, uh, if Lloyd Pierce can ultimately put it together. And then there's just the Vince. There's the Vince retirement tour. We check in with, see what Dwayne Wade was doing last year. Uh, certainly I would think that you'd want to check in and see what Vince is doing. Oklahoma City. Uh, obviously there's the Chris Paul piece of the puzzle. Does he stay? Does he go? What can they get for him? How does he fit? We'll, we'll, we'll get indications as to how well that is working. Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari. My question is. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Is this going to be a bit like when the Denver Nuggets traded Carmelo Anthony to the Knicks. And then they ended up being uh, better than anybody. Everybody everybody saw the shiny object going in one direction, and they didn't pay attention to what came back the other way. Uh, all things considered, the Thunder did fairly well in that deal. Certainly some building blocks there. So I want to see, can they trans, can they transform Chris Paul into something else or is he going to be all in to leading OKC to the postseason? Certainly worth watching. All right. I'm trying to think if I left anybody out, I believe that covers 13 teams. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think I got 13 teams. So the two teams that I just can't make a case for are the Charlotte Hornets yeah, Terry Rozier is there. Look at the rest of that roster. What what are your expectations? <laughs> Not very high as far as I'm concerned. And the Cleveland Cavaliers. I've got nothing for you. I just there's nothing that I hate to say it. You know, Kevin Porter Jr., okay. Somebody wants to get excited about that or Colin Sexton have at it. I think you have to be a real Cavs fan to say you want to see what happens with them. I just, I don't see a whole lot of hope for anything significant from either of those two teams. So the, now, before I get to my list of teams, most interesting teams that you should be watching early on because they there may not be reason to watch them later. I did want to, uh, give a shout out to our friends at the Republic Jet Center in Farmingdale, New York. There's a reason you choose to fly privately into the New York metro area if you are of that ilk and you have the pleasure and luxury of flying uh, private jets. And you do that to avoid delays. You're going into New York City, Republic Jet Center in Farmingdale, New York really should be your only choice at this point. I know everybody flies into Teterboro or White Plains, and that's exactly the problem. Everybody flies into Teterboro or White Plains. They've been the popular destination for years. And as a result, they get stacked up very easily, both getting in, getting out. Not so with RJC. 
you'll experience, once again, the reasons why you choose to fly privately. And here's the thing. Yeah, they're on, on Long Island, but uh, not only are you going to land and take off on time, you can get to the city as quick as a 12-minute helicopter ride, and they have that available if you need to get there that quickly. Ride otherwise, off-peak hours, we're talking 25, 30 minutes. It's very reasonable. And while you're hanging out, waiting for your your helicopter, uh, they can arrange all that stuff, and you can hang out in a brand-new 100,000-square-foot facility. It's got food. It's got beverages, flat screens. You can chill in luxury. And if you've never flown private, find out what it's all about. Visit www.republicjetcenter.com. And for those who are already part of the private jet set, mention this ad and RJC will provide a discount on your refueling cost. Saving your money. Give it a shot. All right. So here's the thing. As I mentioned at the top, 15 teams. Way too much. I'm going to pare it down to, I'm going to give you five early you should be paying attention to and five that you can hold for later, but basically anticipating that these are the teams that are going to be most intriguing down the stretch. Let's start with the ones early. Golden State Warriors. Get on that early. You're going to get an indication of just how well the D'Angelo Russell experiment is going to work. Can they defend it all? They've got Woes at the small forward position. Got a number of guys injured. Uh, yeah, that you could make the case. That's the reason why you should wait until later. Willie Cauley-Stein coming back. Kevon Looney coming back. But the truth is, with the competition in the Western Conference, I think the, the Warriors and what they think they're going to be, or more importantly, what owner Joe Lacob thinks they're going to be, is going to be determined very early on and not to the positive. No uh, no offense to Draymond Green, who is being very, very positive, as are the Warriors overall. But then again, it's the time of season where everybody is positive. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of why I believe at best they're competing for the eighth playoff spot and that it's really not worth it to them at this stage to try to sneak into the playoffs because they're in the lottery. They can add a valuable young piece. They're capped out for the foreseeable future. They need young talent and they need quality young talent. And I don't know that drafting in the second half of the first round is going to get them that kind of talent. But let me just run down some of the guaranteed teams I see being in the playoffs this year. Clippers, Lakers, Rockets, Nuggets, Utah Jazz. I have uh, Portland Trailblazers. That's six. I have San Antonio Spurs. That's seven. Even if you want to say the, and I don't, you know, for those of you who are still skeptical about the Blazers, Skeptical every year. It seems like people are skeptical every year. And then they wind up not only in the playoffs, but as a top seed. Do they get knocked out? Yeah, sometimes they get knocked out early. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, they're always making it. And I would expect that they're going to make it again. Uh, if you want to debate the San Antonio Spurs pick, 
fine. We'll leave two spots open, the seventh and the eighth picks. Uh, seventh, seventh and the eighth spots. I don't think Dallas is in the mix. Some people do. The Spurs, the um, don't count the Timberwolves, don't count the Suns. Some people are putting the Sacramento Kings in there. Some people would put the Oklahoma City Thunder in there competing. I would too. And I'm also interested to see what happens with the New Orleans Pelicans, how quickly they evolve and develop. I just believe people are sleeping on them in a major way. But in any event, Golden State Warriors are in competition with about three or four other teams for the seventh or eighth spot. Anybody who thinks they're going to be better than that, you haven't watched them in the preseason, you don't know what they were built on, and you don't understand what a loss not having Clay, Andre Iguodala, or KD to defend the small forwards in the league is going to do to their defense overall. All right, uh, one of the other teams I think you should check on early, I mentioned them briefly, the Dallas Mavericks. I like the com- combination of Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Can Kristaps Porzingis stay healthy? And can that combination be enough to carry them? We'll get a sense of that very early on. I'm just, I'm questioning with, I'm questioning whether Kristaps can carry that weight. Had the opportunity to do it in New York and couldn't. So I need to see it. And if he's not, if he's not there, then I just, I don't believe that Dallas is going to be significantly better. I also wonder how much of a jump Doncic can take, Luka Doncic, uh, last year's Rookie of the Year, can take from last year because he came in as such a skilled, nuanced player. A lot of players that we see who uh, continue to build their game, it's because they have athleticism and untapped skill. That's really not the case with Doncic. He's going to get savvier when it comes to playing the NBA game but he was already a savvy player. So I don't know how much of a bump, a jump he's going to make. And if we're talking about the Mavericks taking a jump, then he's going to be the one that's going to need to take a jump with them. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, watch them early. I'm just not convinced that they're going to be uh, what they were. Any, uh, They may be what they were last year, but... I don't see them being significantly more than what they were last year. And you want to find out, we'll find that out very early on by watching Kyrie and the interaction with the rest of the team. Orlando Magic, as I mentioned, Markel Fultz, uh, Mo Bamba, can he play? You know, there's, there's a lot of hype around Mo when he came, came in. He didn't get a whole lot of run last year. And I wonder if he's going to be going the way of Thon Maker where, again, we look at the physique, we look at the physical capability, but we don't understand for as much as the NBA has become an up-and-down and athletic game, it still requires a certain amount of skill, a certain amount of basketball IQ, and those guys have not demonstrated either one of those things in uh, enough of a reserve for them to make an impact. We'll see whether Mo Mo can take a a big step forward. And then the last one, obviously, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Again, for reasons that I pointed out earlier, but uh, Chris Paul, what's his his mindset? How does he fit? How does he fit with Dennis Schroeder? 
How does he fit with Steven Adams? Uh, I'd be very interested to see. You know, we, we had Bryce Harper uh, bounce from the Nationals. And again, that's another reason why this podcast is a little bit late because I've become a, a very come lately Nationals fan. I've always been, I've always had a soft spot for them because I met Sean Doolittle, one of their uh, relievers uh, when he was with the Oakland A's. And I'm a big Sean Doolittle fan uh, for a multitude of reasons. Fellow lefty, fellow ginger, uh, fellow uh, appreciate or if I can say that as a word, uh, fellow person who has a great uh, appreciation for books and reading as he does. Uh, but in any event, uh, I'm full, full board with them. And I love their reaction to Bryce Harper deciding to go to Philly for the money. Uh, I wonder whether there's going to be a similar reaction where the chemistry comes together in the vacuum of Westbrook and Paul George moving on. We shall see worth checking on now the teams that i think you don't need to tune on to early on even though you will there's a natural reason to tune into them early but i believe you'll have reason to watch them late as well so if you don't have multiple screens and you got to pick games on a certain night i've given you the teams warriors mavericks nets magic thunder check them out early because you probably there's a fair chance you may not be checking them out late. These are the teams that you're going to see a lot of later as well as early. Starting with the New Orleans Pelicans. I know everybody's excited to see Zion. You're not going to see enough of Zion and the impact of Zion early. It's going to be meaningful as you are later on when uh, Nikhil Walker-Alexander, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name, his, his first name uh, correctly. I looked all over to double check the pronunciation and I heard other people pronounce it. I don't know that they necessarily were pronouncing it correctly, but that's what I'm going to go with. Anyway, Walker Alexander, Jackson Hayes, along with Zion. I think people are forgetting. They added Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. And you add that to Drew Holiday and you throw Derek Favors in there. There's a lot to work with there. And I believe that it's going to come together, but it may take a couple months for them to really hit their stride. Uh, the Clippers, Paul George, not healthy at the start. I know people are all excited about Kawhi Leonard. I believe this is another team that uh, certainly you're going to be paying attention to later, and you're going to see their, their best basketball later. So I wouldn't jump out there, watch them now, and try to draw any conclusions. Uh, Lakers, same thing. Kyle Kuzma, not going to start the season. Not sure when we're going to see him. Anthony Davis coming in with a uh, a bad thumb on his shooting hand. They do need those guys to be healthy for us to have reason to watch them later. And I do have some question as to whether both of them will stay healthy enough, including LeBron. Uh, all three will stay healthy enough for the Lakers to be as much of a force as people are sort of projecting them to be. But I believe they'll. you're going to see what they are later rather than sooner. Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum gets to take over again as the go-to guy. How's he going to handle that? Kemba Walker got paid. Was very up and down with Team USA. I, I know people love his personality and demeanor. What's not to like? Tremendous leader. Can he be a leader? And can he bring that chemistry together 
even if he's not as talented as maybe he needs to be for the Celtics to be what they need to be. That's something that he's going to have to navigate and the Celtics are going to have to navigate. And then finally, the Houston Rockets, as far as Russ Westbrook, James Harden, how is that group going to come together? Uh, Tabo Cephalosha added to the mix. I would imagine he's going to take the Gerald Green minutes. Does he still have something left at 34, 35? Clint Capella, can he overcome what was, I thought he kind of ex- got exposed in the playoffs last year. Can he, can he learn from that? Can he become more of a factor, more of a consistent factor? Or did we get a glimpse at who he really is? And I, I, I'm going to mention the Daryl Morey thing. I just don't know that that is going to hang over the Rockets the way, say, LeBron's situation with China could potentially hang over the Lakers. Daryl Morey is not is only seen however many times he wants to be seen. People don't come to the arena, and I would imagine in Texas are not going to come to the arena to boo Daryl Morey. His his stand will, if anything, play well with their fan base. LeBron, on the other hand, I don't know what he was trying to accomplish. I don't know what he was trying to say. And that's that's my biggest issue. I now see people that are uh, defending LeBron or they're going on and saying, no, he didn't. What he meant was, or what he later said was, or what he clarified to me was, I'm like, what's that about? Like, you had a week to figure out what you wanted to say if you were going to say something. And now we still have to kind of give additional context and add explanation as to what he meant. That's just, that's poorly crafted. And I keep hearing about how smart LeBron is. And I'm not saying he's dumb, but he does some dumb things. Stop telling me how smart he is when I I see too many things that he does where he's had time to think that have me scratching my head. So that's that's simply on that. Don't take that as an overarching assessment of who he has as a player or his legacy or any of that. It's simply that narrow scope of, I think he screwed the pooch when it came to China. I believe that it's going to he's going to hear about it all year long. Uh, whether he's asked about it, if, I mean, look, if there's signs, if the crowd's booing him, if there are statements by other people, he's going to be asked about them. And he may say, I'm not going to talk about it, but he's going to be asked about him. It's going to be put in his face. And I dare say, from what I know about LeBron, if he feels like uh, he's not being perceived the way he wants to be perceived, he is going to continue to talk to try to shift the narrative or the perspective. It's just the way he's always operated in the past. And I believe that that could be a cloud over him and the Lakers and could have a negative impact on their season overall. All right. That does it for this episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends. Please check out our other podcasts, Age Groupies, and Get Some by comedian, actor, Gary Owen. Just had a special on Showtime. 
doing what I do. Very funny. You should check that out as well. I'm not going to advertise who I'm going to have in the next podcast because I've had some uh, issues connecting with Will Blackman while he's over in London covering the NFL for Sky Sports. Uh, I would imagine it's going to either be him or it'll be Ryan Hollins. And uh, we will continue the conversation about the impact on the Lakers and get his take on who he thinks Bradley Beal could benefit the most. And maybe his top five teams he's most interested in watching this season. All of that in the next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 